I want to go on a rant today about racial preferences. So I massaged this client and she didn't like my massage. She complained about me to the manager and told the manager that she preferred to be massaged by Caucasians and swore that she wasn't racist. It was her preference. The manager tried to get her to cancel her membership since none of the Caucasians wanted to massage her, which was their preference. So she asked my manager to ask us to reconsider and honor her preference. My name is Eric, and welcome to the craziness that lives inside my head. I Google racial preferences versus racism and came up with some interesting things. One was Racial preference, excuse me, racial preference is our background and where we grew up and who we surround ourselves with and the media all play into part in our perceived racial preference. Therefore, you are attracted to a particular person based on factors such as race, culture, religion, environment, and background. However, without the elimination of other ethnic groups. Racial fetishism. Only acknowledging and fixation on someone's race, making it the only part of their identity you consider. Furthermore, you do not take their personality or opinions into account and your perception of them is based on harmful stereotypes. What does racial preference turn into a... What, um, excuse my expression. What does pre racial preference turn into a problem? Okay. Once you start to eliminate different ethnic groups because of their race, your preference begins to turn into a problem. When you eliminate people based on their authenticity without knowing their personality and solely do it based on stereotypes that are attached to their race, it immediately becomes racist. Believing that everyone in a race fits a stereotype that has been constructed by society is incredibly dehumanizing and it puts them into a box that ends up marginalizing them. So this client came 10 minutes late for a 60 minute massage. It took her an extra 15 minutes to fill out the paperwork. That was 25 minutes from her 60 minute massage. Not to mention that we take off five minutes for undressing and five minutes for redressing. That's 10 minutes. The actual hands-on massage and a 60-minute mas uh, massage is 50 minutes. And she took 25 minutes of that by arriving late and filling out paperwork. That was a 25-minute hands-on massage. She asked me a lot of questions. 
She asked me if I felt her stiffness. In earnest, I felt her naughty back, but I couldn't feel her stiffness. And I, and I, I said, do you feel stiff? I asked. Yes. Then the answer, then you're stiff. I interjected. That set her off. I finished the remaining 25 minutes hands-on. She complained about me and, and as I was told by the front desk girls, she felt that I didn't know what I was doing and had no idea what muscles were. Me and mom have been doing this for 10 years. He is the second black man that gave me a massage. She stormed. I want to be massaged by Caucasians from now on. It's my preference. Ah. So I guess two black therapists who were incompetent in her eyes cursed the whole African-American race. The next piece of information I googled was also just as interesting. What if your preference is your own race? Firstly, it is important to remember that it is not a double standard when racial minorities make the decision to date within their race. Racism is power plus prejudice, and minority groups certainly do not hold nearly as much power as their white counterparts when using toxic stereotypes against ethnic minorities. Secondly, it is common for minorities to be attracted to and looking for people with the same cultural background and experience as them. This makes sense to me. It doesn't have to necessarily be about race. If you grew up in a neighborhood like New York City, your preference may be men or women from that neighborhood in New York City that, you know, meaning, you know, that you grew up with. I mean, if I, I'm going to be honest with you, a lot of times, I had went, I mean, I forgot where I went to. Um, I went to school with a lot of Italians, blacks, and, and, um, and Jewish people, but they were New Yorkers. So when I, when I went, I think I went over the mid, uh, Midwest or somewhere, I forgot where I went to. I mean, I didn't gravitate to those people, but when I found people that was, you could tell a New Yorker. When I found a New Yorker, yeah. I was happy to be with a New Yorker. It's an understanding. We grew up together. We grew up, grew up in that neighborhood. Then you understand, which has nothing to do with race. It has to do with growing up within people that had the same background as you. Now here's something else I found. What racial, fe- what racial fetishism sounds like? This is interesting. What racial fetishism sounds like? One. I've never been attracted to a black girl before, but two, you're so exotic. Hmm. Three, being described as a color or food. Hmm. That's interesting. When these kinds of statements are made, there are clearly no pre- presence um, preferences. Let me let me repeat that. I'm sorry. When these kinds of Statements are made. There are clearly not preferences, and for a long time now, such remarks have been masked as preferences when they are truly a fetish. 
These types of statements are clearly dehumanizing and they shouldn't be taken as compliments because it makes the person feel like an object, makes them feel as though they don't have any feelings. Unfortunately, the the fetishization of certain people dates very far back and is normally, normally, normality that may take time to abolish. Fetishization has also been normalized when has when has made into a habit through modern media and culture. It is commonly communicated in mainstream music and all other social media. As expressed, you may feel that being fetishized is a compliment however it is vital that we that we remember that it is not it may feel like it is because how society often doesn't see your race as desirable remember that you are unique and worthy and you shouldn't let someone who is fixated on your race walk all over you now i'm going to tell you something i have really experienced this a lot being black and 430 pounds i'm going to give an example I met a guy back in back in the, had to be in the nineties. In the nineties, he was Irish. I uh, was living in New York City. He was he was a transplanted uh, Los Angelan, and we met. We met uh, actually we met on the pers- personal ad, and we went to dinner. And he was exp- you know talking to me about this and that, and and he admitted that. Um, when he was in Los Angeles, he told his friends that he liked fat black men. And they made fun of him. So, he told me that story. And then he said that, um, now mind you, he was in a relationship with a black guy. I mean, I, he took me to his house. When I went to his apartment, I should say apartment. When I went to his apartment, he had a, a picture of him in his, um, I think, I don't know, it was ex-lover, current lover, and it was a black guy, good-looking black guy, well-built. But that's not what he was into. He was into fat black men. He kept saying, oh, I love, I love fat men. Oh, I love fat black men. They're so sexy. They're so, they are so exotic. And then I noticed somebody else he was dating that wasn't, you know, fat. But I didn't, but I did got the hint that he would get into relationships with black men that are well built but he only want to have sex he he get get off on black men like me for example i found out that when i uh he had my my well i think this when the cell phones first came out he had my I, he had my cell phone number called me at work and um, he was kind of like, I don't know what he was, but he called me because he was at dinner with his lover. That's the black guy he showed me a picture of. But he's been thinking about me. And, and he said, I'm calling you. Don't get mad at me because I got you on my mind. I got you. I want you. I want you. I want this and blah, blah, blah. When are we going to meet again? And I'm like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. You're in a relationship with a black man, but you're in a relationship, forget about the blackness, 
The guy was, was dropped there gorgeous and he had a great body. He was dark. I'm going to be honest with you. He was gorgeous too. That was the whole thing when he first told me the story about coming from L- when he was in L.A. His friends made fun of him. He was, he was a very good looking guy. Very, very well built and well hung. And he was into fat men. Fat black men. And those guys made fun of him. So he didn't want anybody to know that that was his fetish. I was his fetish. I was what he so-called would like to be with. But society, especially in the gay society, if you tell somebody in society that you like ugly fat people, I mean, they're going to laugh at you and they're going to ridicule you. I understand that. But I'm going to tell you something else. It took me... Now, I was losing weight at the time. I was trying to lose weight anyway. But... It took me a while to understand that. I'm going to tell you another story. Within the same, I met somebody else. Another white guy. He got, we were dating everything. He wasn't even like, he was single. I went to his house and blah, blah, blah. We, we dated. We went to dinner well, three or four times. And then I had my car. And I was at his house. And he wanted me, he was a bartender. He asked me, could I drive him to uh, Chelsea? For his job, left job, and I'm gonna be honest with you. I lied on the personal ad. I had my age as 30. I think I was 45 at the time. I had my age as 30. So we're driving in a car, and we're talking blah 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 blah, and it slipped out. My age slipped out. He got quiet. He said, "Wait a minute." He goes, "I thought you said you was 30." And then I looked at him and I said, "Well, I'm sorry. I lied." The guy, the guy blew up. You mean to tell me that I've been dating a 45-year-old man? He, he was 28 years old. So I guess he thought, well, he was dating an older man. He was 20. I must have looked 30 because we dated for like three, three or three months. I mean, I'm dating a, a old 45-year-old man. I'm thinking you're 30. And we broke up. Now, the interesting thing about Nathan, we talk about fetishism. Like I said, I... I have a fetish for hairy men. And Nathan was definitely the man of my dreams with my fetish. He was 28 years old. He was a school teacher. He was a math teacher in high school. Quite not, wasn't ugly. He, he, was, he, he was between ugly and, and good looking. So he was quite attractive. He had a football body. He was hairy from his, we had a bald spot, all the way down to his toes, back and front, covered. As they say, like he had a, uh, his, he had a, uh, how you say, a rug. He was hairy like a rug. He was really hairy. Nice body. He was built like a football player. and Oh, well, well and down. I should have been manly in love with him. I wasn't. I wasn't. And we fooled around for a while. And I couldn't understand why I wasn't in love with him. Well, every time we have sex, doing the sex, he would go, Wow, you're so, you're so fat and old. God, you're so fat and old. He would say that to me. Every time we have sex, he would say that to me. He wouldn't say that to me when we having a conversation or on the phone or talk. But when we when I get in the bed 
and we and we're doing it. He goes, "Oh God, you're so fat and old." So I stopped seeing him for a while, and then he called me. He said, "What happened? I haven't heard from you, and uh, I'm thinking about you. I want you to come over." And I said to him, "I thought I was too fat and old." His response was, "Yeah, you are." But the sex is fucking hot. Okay. He got me. So I went, over, went, over, went back over there. We started up again. God, you're so fat and old. So, this time, I looked to his eyes. After we did the do, because that's when I know he's going to come. When he says, oh, God, you're so fat and old. And bam, he comes. So anyway, we're laying there, and I'm looking through his eyes, and I said, I wish I was the type of guy that you would marry. He looked in my eyes. He said, I don't have a type. I'm a whore. So when I really looked in his eyes, and I thought to myself, and I knew this, he wouldn't marry me because I'm too fat and too old. He would marry some of them young guys. He was 28 years old, so he probably married one of those young guys. But no, I'm too fat and too old. He didn't say anything about being black. Well, I'm going to tell you something. He was into black and Hispanic men. That I do know. I should say boys. That I do know. But then when he said that to me, I realized why my self esteem wouldn't allow me to fall in love with him. Why would you want to fall in love with somebody who keeps saying to you, you're so fat and old? I mean, that was in the 90s, maybe 20 years in the, uh, prior to that in the 70s. I would have done anything to be with him. Anything. You don't find men like that. Uh, they, they're not, how you say, they're not dime a dozen. Nathan was not the type of guy that was dime a dozen. You so fat. Oh, I was only 45. He was 28 and I was 45. Well, it takes time to get your self-esteem. Doesn't happen overnight. And finally, I said, I don't want a man who wants me because I'm fat. I've had all those men who wants me because I'm fat. The only time they're with me, they want me because I'm fat. They want me because I'm fat because that's what they like to have sex with. Those same men wouldn't walk down the streets with me. Those same men wouldn't want to uh, let uh, his friends or family know that they're into big, fat black men. I'm a fetish. There was a saying when I used to work on Wall Street. Men don't marry whores. Well, men don't marry fetish. Anyway, my name is Eric, and thank you for listening to the craziness that lives inside my head. <laughs>